0: Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo. You're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we speak with Laura Tanzer, internationally renowned clothing designer who operates out of the historic depot in downtown. We'll chat about her new video education series, providing sustainable practices in ways for all of us to preserve and repair our own clothes. Today is January 31st. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core. We shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to U-Arizona and all stops in between... Get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org. Also available on your iPhone or Android by using our very own Downtown Radio app. Just head over to your App Store and put in Downtown Radio Tucson. If you want to get a hold of us on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. You can find us on Facebook. Occasionally, you'll see us on Twitter. And if you want to check out our past episodes, do head over to our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. Also, you can find us now with our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or I think you can just ask your smart speaker to, pay, to play Life Along the Streetcar. But you have to say it like that, Life Along the Streetcar. Just kidding. And We're going to start today with recognition for a hardworking team. The Downtown Tucson partnership was recently honored by the Minority and Small Business Alliance of Southern Arizona and the U.S. Small Business Administration with the HERO Award. This is for their commitment to downtown Tucson and their efforts to help those that are struggling in the COVID-19 pandemic. They have done tremendous amounts of work to raise money for the businesses to keep the streets safe and clean and they were recognized for this effort. In accepting the award, the CEO of the Downtown Tucson Partnership, Kathleen Erickson, stated that she was very proud of her staff. Their commitment and dedication is evident by the work they do every day to keep downtown safe, clean, and beautiful, while concurrently helping businesses survive and adapt. And she went on to recognize one special member of her team, and uh, her words, the staff's effort this past year has been truly heroic. In August, we lost a valuable team member, Joe Dominguez, to COVID. We dedicate this award to Joe. He was a true hero and he is greatly missed. Well, thank you to the Downtown Tucson Partnership for what they have been doing uh, throughout uh, the last uh, five, six years, but also, um, especially with the pandemic. And thank you to Joe Dominguez for everything you did and our our sympathies and condolences to the family and the team at the Downtown Tucson Partnership. Well, the New York Times on Tuesday, the 26th, Tuesday of this week here, the New York Times ran an article that had the headline of It's Time to Rethink Your Wardrobe with an Eye Toward Sustainability. The article cited stats showing that we buy more clothes and we keep them for less time than we used to. And this is uh, creating some concerns in the sustainable world. And our guest today, I think, would wholeheartedly agree. Laura Tanzer is an internationally known clothing designer who operates out of the historic depot in downtown. Her shop is actually the, the building where you would have probably purchased your tickets or you would have waited for the train and then walked out those beautiful doors to Board the train. Now you head in there to see her beautiful clothes that she makes right here in downtown Tucson. Pre COVID, back, you remember those days, you would see her at shows across the country. She was in New York, LA, displaying her her designs. And she made a statement with her clothes. She made a statement that they were fashionable, that they were wearable, and that they were sustainable. Well, we spoke to her by phone recently because we wanted her story, wanted to know how this East Coast fashion designer. Came to Tucson and how this platform came about to be her way of impacting our world to make it more sustainable. We also found out some really interesting things about how she's adapting those uh, those goals through the COVID pandemic.
1: Hi, I'm Laura Tanzer, and um, I make sustainable clothing and accessories. And I'm launching a new business called Learn Craft Sew, in which I teach the skills for crafting and sewing, and all associated stuff.
0: Well, th- this is going to lead into a lots of of different uh, excuse the pun here but different threads of this conversation. So um, <laughs> I, I am looking looking forward to getting uh, to know more about your history. I mean, you and I have known each other for some time, but. I don't think I really know how you got started. What, what was the impetus for you to get into just fashion and clothing design?
1: Ah, well, that goes way back to when I was a little kid and my grandmother, who grew up sewing, because in her generation, everybody sewed. Um, and she would make outfits for me and they were fun. She was a, a native New Yorker and she was very chic and she was very beautiful and she was always creating interesting outfits for herself and so she created interesting outfits for me and then when I was around seven or so, she was she taught me how to sew. We were making Barbie doll clothes and we just had a great time and um and so I just sort of took it forward from there and it coupled that as I grew older, I coupled that with my art because I was always an artist. I, 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 I was born as an artist. I was always drawing things and creating things and making things with color. So when the the sewing came into it, when the crafting part of it came into it, it made everything three dimensional. And I really like that. I like sculpting. Um, yeah, so that's sort of the the very beginning.
0: Of, right. So you, start, you know, did you start in New York? Were you are you from New York and moved out here?
1: So we moved around a lot. We went out west, came back east. Ultimately, um, I decided to go and live with my grandmother and grandfather in New York. They were still there, and uh, go to school there at um, the Fashion Institute of Technology. I finally you know, around the age of 18, figured out that that was really where I needed to be. So then, you know, worked in the fashion industry for a while in the garment center. And then I went back to school at NYU to learn about business because, you know, being an artist is great and learning all the technical stuff for creating clothing and accessories is great. And, um, but if you don't, if you've never learned about business, you're at a disadvantage, so I realized that.
0: Well, how, how, and, did, you, um, how did you end up getting them from New York to, to Tucson?
1: My advisor, who's a really great guy, said that I should get a PhD, and he wanted me to get a PhD in economics, because he thought I had a good head for it, and I thought, that would be just so boring. <laughs> <laughs> So um but I was I had I had minored in environmental management and I really saw that you know this was the early 90s and I really saw that the world was moving in that direction and I I just thought no we're we're going to have to manage our resources we're going to have to steward our behavior and I thought I'm going to get a PhD in natural resources so that I can learn about being more sustainable, and I can learn about climate change and 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 water. That's what brought me out here, and um, and and my advisor understood it. He he wasn't happy because he wanted me to continue at NYU, but I was like, no, I gotta I gotta go out west where you know they've had water wars and you know they have all this great history, and I wanted also personally. I wanted to be warm and dry. I I was, I was I wanted to have sunshine, you know, 360 days a year. I was just I was so tired of the gray and the dreary and the the, the damp cold of the northeast. Even though I'd lived, you know, most of my life there, I just I I, I, I was done. I was just done. So I applied out here.
0: Well, so, that, uh, well we're, we're, yeah. we're we're glad that you made it to Tucson. That's for sure. And that's where Sort of all three of these disciplines uh, collided because you've got your yep. your fashion industry, your your business acumen, and your uh, your sustainable mission, and that that really yep. has been what's permeated your your um, your your business. How, how does what your your tagline you know sustainable wearable? Um, I don't know if that's your tagline, but but your but your um, uh, your intent there, sustainable and wearable. Wh- what does that mean when it comes to clothing?
1: It means that from A to Z, I am trying to be as sustainable as I can. So so it starts with thinking about what my collections are gonna be like, from my sourcing, what kind of fabrics I'm going to store. So I only source natural fibers um, because they're sustainable. Why are they sustainable and man-made fibers are not? Because natural fibers are natural substances and so they w- will eventually break down and return to the environment as you know, food for something. Um, man-made fibers are they basically extruded from um, polymers and you know basically petroleum-based, um, and they have you know like half lives of like you know five hundred thousand years. So um, they don't really break down so readily, and they contribute as well the processes to make them and to treat them and to finish them. Are much more toxic and use up more of our resources. So I stick with natural fibers for my sourcing, um, and I use everything. So my manufacturing, if you can call it that, because it's really small batch, um, I, you know, once I've cut my fabrics and I put things into production, I'm very careful about what happens with the leftovers. Um, some people call it scrap and they throw it away. I call it remnants and I stockpile it and I sort it and I have, you know, piles of, you know, black and red and, you know, this texture and that fiber. And so I have these bins that are all marked, you know, with the different remnants. And I use those remnants to create a very arty collection that I call framento, which is an Italian word and it just means remnant. And the plural is trementi, which is the plural, remnants. It just sounds so much sexier in Italian. (laughs) So um, that's my my collection where I literally, I'm going back to being an artist completely. And I'm sculpting. I'm just taking those remnants. I'm not cutting them. I'm not altering them. I am using them as they are to create these one-of-a-kind, really cool, wearable art and completely sustainable garments not that my other garments are not completely sustainable but these are the already ones. you know these mm-hmm. are the ones that are you know um what is it somebody walks into the room and everybody turns to look because it's this wearable art so i do that um so my waste stream is pretty minimal um the remnants that i can't use that are too small i i just keep Adding them to like you know a Trader Joe's bag until it's completely packed, and then I donate it to local schools for their art programs. So my waste stream is like almost it's really you know it takes me a month to fill a, up uh, a, like a a little bin you know or, or the size of a plastic bag from a grocery store. It takes me about a month to fill one of those with like you know assorted threads and
0: wow yeah.
1: You know, and stuff like that. That's that's it. I'm I'm A to Z. I mean, I'm I am really focused on being as sustainable as I possibly can, using things, reusing things. Um, yeah,
0: that's and all that's of, my focus. All of this happens. Then your manufacturing, your design, your your creations, your vision. All of this sort of happens out of your downtown Tucson location, right? That's the one spot that you have. Yep. Yeah. So you're you're at the old. Um, uh, the historic uh, Depot and if I remember correctly your your store is actually where the the ticket office used to be back in the day
1: um yeah the ticket o- either the ticket office or the just the open area where people sat in pews and waited
0: okay so they would yeah. bo- they would sit there and wait and then they would board the train out the what is now the back of your mm-hmm. of your shop yeah, yeah. Uh, what 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 led you to, to want to be downtown that's an interesting location for a uh, for a fashion designer?
1: Um, I had um, some friends who were at the other end of uh, Tool uh, Avenue near Stone in the old warehouses and that's where I started actually. I started in um, uh, an actual closet, a 10 by 10 closet. There was a door and a light bulb hanging from the ceiling and no window and I made them cut a hole in the wall to put a window in because there was no light, but I was in that warehouse at the end of, at the other end of Tool Avenue when I started. And I was there because there were photographers and models doing stuff in the big open space and there were artists in other closets, basically. We were like, you know, the Arizona equivalent of the artist in the attic. And, um, and so there was a lot of energy, a lot of really creative energy and cool stuff happening. And I just thought, well, let me be a part of that. And it was really cheap in the warehouse because, you know, there's no heating, there's no cooling places crumbling you know you just like it didn't matter it didn't matter we were all just like creating stuff with each other and it was a lot of fun and um and then my business started growing and i realized that i needed a more space and my clientele weren't so comfortable some of them were but some of the tonier ones weren't so comfortable coming to this you know warehouse and you know changing in the bathroom across the hall kind of thing. I, understood, so I realized yeah. I needed, yeah. Um, yeah. So then I found this place and, um, and it has really nice light. I have light where I didn't have that before. I had a light bulb. <laughs> um, so, and I like this building
0: and you have lots it's, of windows in your spot now.
1: Yeah. I have lots of windows. I like the building. I like, I'm still downtown and things, you know, things have changed. The energy has changed. Over time and then this past year it's changed a lot.
0: Yeah. Um We are in the middle of our interview with Laura Tanzer, fashionista and a sustainable warrior trying to save our world one clothing design at a time. We'll be back to the rest of this interview in just a moment, but first I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. And we are back with the second half of our interview with Laura Tanzer. Your business has grown quite a bit. And I know, um, you know, pre-COVID, you you were traveling New York, L.A. I mean, you did shows, you had international shows. So it's not like you were just sort of sitting downtown waiting for people to come to you. You were were out and about uh, selling uh, across the country.
1: I was, yeah. And then on, you know, March 12th, everything just stopped.
0: Uh, well that's you know everybody we're talking to that's the phrase right they had yeah. to, they had to pivot they have a new normal they had to reimagine their their business plan and and that's kind of what you're doing right now you' you're about to launch that mm-hmm. you talked about the opening learn craft so that's that's kind of a, a pivot but it's it's also carrying forward that that sustainable mission that you have can you tell us a little bit about this project
1: yes um it came about because of the pandemic, you know, we all had to just sort of stop and reconsider who we are, who we are and what we're doing. And, you know, some of us were on certain trajectories and, you know, maybe those were sustainable and maybe not. And, um and I, I started out just sort of sitting back for a couple of weeks in, back in March. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? And then I realized, oh, I need to make a mask. Oh, maybe my friends need some masks. And I started making masks for people and I put a little, a little thing on Facebook just to my friends saying, Hey, I'm going to make a few masks. And, you know, does anybody need one? And all of a sudden, before I know it, I've got orders for like, you know, 300 masks. I ended up making almost 700 masks total. And, uh, and I realized there was this, this need and then I you know and I reached out and I said listen I can't make all of these by myself I need some help can anybody come and help and all of a sudden people just came out and said yeah you know I can do this and I can do that and some people said I don't know what I can help you with but you point me in the right direction and I'll do it and I was like wow community you know it's so much about community and I thought this is you know this is perfect this is just perfect. And again, energy, it's people's energy. It's the communal experience that I love being part of. And um, so I made a whole bunch of masks and, um, and every once in a while you still see somebody out there wearing a mask, which is great. Um, and then from there, I just thought, wow, this is, you know, what can I do next? And uh, several of those people asked if I would teach them sewing skills or some pattern making skills. And I thought, okay, well, let's give this a try. And I've always taught, I mean, I taught at the university, I taught sustainable business practice at the university for almost 11 years. And, and I've been teaching textiles and I've been teaching social responsibility at the university for the last few years. And and I thought, well, why not do some one-on-one? So I took on three or four private clients. And have been teaching them a variety of skills and everything evolves. And I'm, you know, an opportunist in, in the way that I just say, Hey, you know, here's a new way of being part of a community, contributing to community, helping people learn some skills and, and, you know, just feeling like, um, I can, I can contribute something positive. To the community not just make you know beautiful art but but contribute to you know better understanding of whatever so um then i started thinking well how am i going to you know maybe make this a little bit more steady than just you know three or four people and how can i deal with other people who want to do it but we're all in a pandemic and Can I do it online? And, you know, you just you start thinking about all of those different things. And and in the meantime, you know, I was transitioning away from making your basic mask to um, looking at what people were doing with Zoom and thinking, oh, you know, people are in their PJs. And, you know, some people are like, well, I don't want to get all dressed up and blah, blah, blah. Why can't I just throw something on that people are going to see, you know, on top? And I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll do that. And then other people are like, I want to learn how to do, you know, nice little hand stitches. And so I'm making kits and I'm doing, I'm creating these workshops and I'm going to run the gamut. I'm like, I have it all mapped out, but I've got my spreadsheets where I'm got, you know, priced out what these kits are going to be. And I've got my spreadsheet saying I'm going to have a workshop on this skill and that skill and this other skill. And I'm going to put tutorials up and they're going to be, you know, some of the tutorials are going to be, you know, uh, three tutorials long and they're going to be really simple and some of them are going to be, you know, five tutorials long and they're going to be a little bit more advanced and I'm, I'm setting all of that up and and in the meantime, <clears throat> trying to figure out the technology, you know, I have to get the right lighting and <laughs> all this stuff and it's like, okay, it's a whole different, you know, you can't, it's not just, not just, you know, people sign on and they come into your space because they don't. You have to create this sort of, artificial space that they can just click on the button and you know follow what you're doing and I have to have, you know, the right um have to have my camera in the right place so that people can see, you know, what I'm sewing and see my hands and see how I'm manipulating threads or how I'm manipulating a machine. And this is fantastic. It's it's a challenge and it's fun and um this is all coming out of, you know, just how the pandemic has made us stop and sit and relearn and reorient ourselves.
0: Wow. So how how do people find out more about you? What are some of the I know you've got a couple different websites working now. What what, what are some ways people can get a hold of you?
1: Um yeah, my original website is still going strong and that's the loracancersdesigns.com and that's where people can buy, you know, sustainable wearable art clothing. Um and the new one is called Learn Craft Sew, so, and um, it's not quite live yet. I, I was planning on having it live this week, but I think it's not gonna happen until the end of this month, January. Um, still fussing with putting stuff in there. And uh, the, and I have both of those um, entities are on Facebook and both of them are live on Instagram. On Instagram, it's just Laura Kanzer. And the other one is learn craft. though
0: so. back to your original, your original business uh, of the clothing, you do a lot of your um, uh, sales still in person, just by appointment only. you
1: yes, they do, and they can call the, um, the the studio number or the store number. It's all the same place. Um, is five two zero nine eight one nine eight nine one, and I will always call back, and you know talk to you and find out what your needs are. And, um, when we can set up, you know, either a zoom appointment or an in-person appointment, uh, wearing our mask. So yeah.
0: Fabulous. Well, Laura, thank you for your time. We've been speaking with Laura Tanzer, internationally known, uh, designer of wearable and fashionable clothing and launching her new venture to teach the world how to sew.
1: <laughs> there we go.
0: That was Laura Tanzer, and I'm going to watch her video series because I got a pair of shorts and I got a button. And those two are not together. So I've got them sitting to the side there. And as soon as I can register for one of her classes, I'm going to learn how to get that button on those shorts. Well, my name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Well, episode number 136 has come to a close. Tune in uh, next Sunday. We've got uh, someone I'm excited to have on the air here. First time, Fletcher McCusker, the uh, chair of the downtown, I'm sorry, the Rio Nuevo District. Uh, He's going to come in and talk to us about what's been going on with COVID and, and how does the future look for downtown and the Rio Nuevo District. Well, we are thankful to have Laura Tanzer on the show today. And in honor of her time with us, we are going to wrap up the show with a little music from a band called Barefoot Truth. This is from the 2010 album Threads and the song of the same name. Hope you have a great week and I hope you tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.